All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan from the Manufacturers Network podcast, and I'm excited to introduce you today to Roger Sargent. Roger is a 20-year entrepreneur who has vast experience working in manufacturing, particularly family-owned manufacturers that have a whole set of challenges that go along with that. So I'll let Roger tell you a little bit more about his background, but Roger, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa. I'm glad to be here. Well, good. Well, share with us a little bit about your journey before and after entrepreneurship took over. I tried to be a professional tennis player at one time and realized that there was a whole lot more people out there that were better than I was. So I started teaching the, the game because I loved the game so much. And I realized that the, the pounding on the court every day was going to beat up my body. So I got into management and then a few years later, I got the opportunity to be a, become a partner in a, a health club, which eventually led me into a partnership in a restaurant and a hotel. And what I realized is that all of my business knowledge and systems that I had applied, they work for any kind of business. So about 15 years ago, I started my own consulting business where I help small business, small to middle-sized business owners and their teams really help them with their processes and just for no better term, helping them get out of their own way. And then the construction and then manufacturing industries, you find that a lot of those owners started out with a family-owned practice, and they've really let these processes and procedures that they've always applied you know, go hand down from generation to generation from one employee to another. And really, after a while, no one really knows why they do it this certain way. They just keep doing it. And so that's what I help business owners in all types of businesses, but, you know, preferably manufacturing and construction, uh, help them just get out of their own way. Kind of take us through the process that you use when you're working with your clients. Well, you know, really it just starts with getting introduced and, and asking a lot of questions. And, and most of those questions start with why and then who. And, and if they really can't answer the why, the who at that moment in time really doesn't matter. So really, it's, it's, it's finding out why they do some things the same way over and over again. And if they can really spell out exactly, succinctly why they do it this way, it probably means to me that it's, it's necessary. But so many times, I'm going to say, you know, Lisa, really, probably eight out of 10 times I ask a certain question on certain procedures, I always get, you know, I don't know, we've always done it that way. And to me, you know, that is not a good thing to hear when you're in business that you don't know why you do something a certain way. And so from there, once you start realizing that there's a lot of, I don't know, we've always done it that way, all of a sudden teams start to realize that maybe we need to start rethinking these things. And so then I help them with that process. Okay, this is how you've done it for X number of years, whatever. What really is the end result we're trying to get and the timeline and now let's see if we can work backwards and make it happen more efficiently and more productively. So what are some of the things that you see over and over again when it comes to these family-owned or smaller manufacturers getting stuck? 
Well, it really starts with the first generation to the second generation and so on, that the founding member of the family who started the business, they had this idea and they want to keep the family involved. So put the family in there and they let them work at the business, and which is great. So they get to know really the all the frontline issues and uh, procedures and systems. But what they don't really learn is the whys, you know, why, why are we doing it this way? How do we ever come up with that particular method? And so it just starts to get transcended down. But because it's always been done that way and it's family owned, no one wants to rock the boat, but they really don't really take the time to teach the family the really the foundation of the business. Not, I'm not talking about the procedures and the processes. I'm talking about really why the business was started in the first place and what's its overall goal in trying to get connected with their customers and do deliver the best service possible. They just seem to just automatically think by just being part of the family, you already know that story where it all starts. And that's where I begin with getting my, you know, getting the family members together and the key employees together and just talking that out. But really it's just, they make too many assumptions that everybody knows why they're doing it a certain way. It sounds like it can come down to a simple conversation about the history of the company, because one of the things, too, that a lot of manufacturers are looking at is that succession planning. Who's going to take over the business when I'm no longer there? And getting to the point of that why I started the business what was it that was going on at the time? How did I figure out these procedures? Because that way you're giving a history to the rest of the family who then based on that knowledge can come up with ways that make sense to update the policies, to update things and, and take it forward instead of getting stuck. Would that be helpful? That's exactly it, Lisa. That is very well said because it's just, people just making too many assumptions. And so those assumptions just get passed on from generation to generation. So what you just laid out there is the perfect format to, to break away from their current assumption base and moving forward with maybe not a new business plan, but just new eyes looking at everything going on. What occurs to me is that maybe that first generation thinks that the rest of the family is going to get bored or they've heard it before, or I told them how I started this company 20 years ago. And so maybe they're not realizing how important it is, especially when you start thinking about transition or succession planning to really let the next generations know coming in that this is what we, this is why we got started and help them get a little bit closer to that. And you're sp so spot on with that message, you know, and it doesn't really necessarily mean family owned business. It's just business in general, you know, 82% of all small to middle-sized businesses fail within their first four years. And really it's because they don't really take the time to really put down in stone what the main purpose of this business is and why it got started and what the end result is, the expected and desired end result wants to look like or should look like. They love their trade. Most small business owners and middle-sized business owners, they love their trade. They fall in love with their trade and they think that the business part of things will just take care of itself because they just, they, they just wanna be involved with the trade. And that's really where it stems down is that they love it and that's what makes them so good when it, on the delivery of service but it doesn't necessarily translate that it's going to be a good business. 
and we're all in business to, to hopefully deliver good products, good service, but obviously to make money to, to be able to send that business on to the next generation and hand it down to generation after generation. You're not going to do that if, if it's losing money every month. Exactly. It almost sounds like that, the original thought with the field of dreams kind of mentality behind it. If I build it, they will come. And that first generation is so passionate and they have their why and they know why they're doing. And then over time that gets diluted. So it's like, well, mom or dad built the business, but why aren't they coming? Because the next generation doesn't necessarily understand that why or necessarily have the same passion that the founders, whether it be their parents or the, the people that they're working for. So after they have that original conversation, as far as just discussing the whys, kind of painting that picture, where do you take them from there? What would be the next best step? Just said a very key word, passion. You know, just because the, the original founder and maybe the second generation had that, that passion to, to really want to just keep moving on, that doesn't mean that the next generation of people of, of the family have that same passion. And, and so you really need to take a look at everybody and just say, okay, now that you've described the bigger vision, you know, I love the old saying by Yogi Bear, if you don't know where you're going, how do you know if you get there? You know? Yep. Okay, so once we realize we know where we're going and we know what it looks like if we get there, does everybody that needs to have that passion, do they have it? If they don't, they shouldn't be one to be considered of handing down this business too because if they don't have that passion, what's going to mean they're going to keep wanting to improve as we move forward with that business. So that sounds like that can be a pretty tough conversation oh. for the an owner of a company to have with their family members. A absolutely. And, and what I have found is that uh, it's exactly that. It's, it's a family conversation that's going to be tough to have because, you know, really this, this business is like another child to that, that original owner. And so, you know, now you're talking about your child, you know, another sibling. And so really what you're trying to establish here is the true commitment. And I would reckon, recommend that that's where you need to have a facilitator, outside facilitator, make that conversation happen and not just let things kind of get swept under the carpet like it typically can happen with a family owned in general. Sometimes we don't want to deal with that. So we just sweep that topic under the carpet and see if we'd ever get stepped on again to where we need to talk about it again. You, you, you need to have someone that's going to facilitate it from start to finish and not let it get stalled in between. Well, and the other thing, even though there is an investment, of course, in bringing in a consultant or a third party to work with a manufacturer, the nice thing about it is that you can be the bad guy. You can tell that person, uh, you, you can say exactly what that person wants to say, but for whatever reason, they can't say it because they don't want to hurt feelings, because they want to keep their family ties, because they yeah. don't want to destroy their relationships. So having the skills and looking at it from that neutral third party coming in, you're not only able to say that, but you are perceived differently by the employees because you're not there on the day-to-day. -day. Exactly. Yeah. 
So after those difficult conversations, you've explored the why, you've had some of these difficult conversations to kind of reignite that passion within the company. Where do they go from there to move forward? They, they make whatever necessary agreements that they're going to move forward with the terms that they've just agreed upon. And, and then what you do is you start taking each one of those agreements and you start now breaking those down to see is there things that's being done right now that can be changed for the better of the company and, and start seeing how that's going to apply. But it starts with agreements and then you start breaking down all those agreements into small little baby steps and making those processes to where everybody's bought in. So it's not the father handing down more directives. It's now a team of family members or key personnel that's treated like family to to have their say in how everything looks and sounds moving forward. You, you need to have that buy-in and, and let them feel like they are contributing, not just what they do to pick up their paycheck, but contributing to the bigger picture and the bigger cause. So share with us a success story that you had with one of your clients, of course, keeping the information confidential, yeah, yeah, but yeah. something where you saw a real big difference between what they were doing to by implementing the process that we just talked about, how they were able to see success after that. There's plenty, but the one that comes to my mind is a family-owned company who they have the daughter, the husband of the daughter, and then husband and wife who founded the company. They all have their roles. They not necessarily were meant to be in that role because of their particular skill set that they have. They just, it, it, the job came open and they needed to put someone there. So they put a family member, even though they might not have been fully qualified to do that. And over time, even though you're a family member, if you don't enjoy what you're doing because you really don't know what you're trying to do, it can really you know, weigh on you and, and take a toll. So once we found this out, we realized that they had much better skill sets that were necessary in other parts of the business. So what we did is we, we, we moved them to where you know, every day they had that self-injected fire that started underneath them because they were excited to come to work and help out in that particular area as opposed to just coming in and just really dreading every day and not really being productive every day because I didn't like what I do because I really didn't know what I was supposed to do. You know, the old saying, you don't know what you don't know. If no one really teaches you, just they throw you in that spot because the opening is there and we need to get that stuff done. That's not really the, the recipe for long-term success. And so once we put the family members in the right spot, that uh, opened up the, the opportunity for some long-term employees that have been around with the family business for a long time to step into additional roles that really they were excited about. So really the, the morale of the company, first and foremost, just springboarded greatly because they felt so good about that. But at the same time, when you come to work and you enjoy what happens, that energy and synergy is going to transcend through all the rest of the employees. And without really doing a whole lot of other changes to the marketing process or the sales process, all of a sudden the company became more efficient and more productive, which means they became more uh, profitable because everybody was doing a job that they liked, that they, that they were good at. And before you know it, just good things happened without having to change a whole lot of really the operational procedures. Yeah, you know, that's such an interesting point because 
our whole conversation up to that was about the owner or the leader of the company themselves sitting down and sharing their passion and their why. But having that level of not only vulnerability, of allowing that employee, that family member, that person is that isn't quite getting that passion to feel safe enough to share, well, I don't understand what I'm doing. Well, I don't like what I'm doing. Well, and then that opens up, like you found opportunities for them to move into something that they are passionate about. So it really does go on both sides of the equation. It's up to the owner, to the leadership of the company to share the reasons why, but it also comes full circle that they have to listen and be willing to listen to their employees, whatever they say and look for ways to make it work, even though it's not necessarily the role that they thought that that employee was supposed to be in. Yeah, well well said. What you find is that most owners, when they started the business, they were so in love with their trade that they really didn't take the time and effort to really get to know the other aspects of running that and managing that business. So when they hand that role off to a family member or to just an employee, most of the times they're not very well trained on really how to do that because the owner himself doesn't really know how to do that. Hey, you, you applied for a bookkeeping job. You said you have some booking experience, go do the bookkeeping, even though they might only know how to do payroll. They might not know how to do anything else in bookkeeping, but they might've just done payroll only or just done accounts receivable only. And now they're in charge of all the bookkeeping that they have no real skill set to really do that entire job. And, and that's the problem with most businesses, primarily in the manufacturing is that we get so involved in our trade and the delivery of service that we forget that those other business components are necessary evils that need to be addressed every day to make sure that the business is going to be profitable and sustainable from year in and year out. Well, Roger, you have given us so many great tips as far as just taking a step back and looking at the business. But if you were to wrap it up in a nice little bow, what would that be? Stop making assumptions, number one. Start having some really in-depth conversations with your key staff and your, you know, really the frontline staff as well, but really start building that foundation and that environment to where it's safe to really say what's on your mind. You know, obviously you need to do that respectfully, but really you, you need to find out, do you have everybody that's sitting on a seat on the bus right now within that organization, are they sitting on the right seat of the bus? And do they, knew, do they know why the big purpose of the business was started in the first place? If they can, if they're saying, say, yes, I'm on the right seat. I love this place. I love what I do every day. And I know the why on the bigger picture. Now, you know, now start moving into the, the, the efficiencies. But first and foremost, stop making assumptions and build that environment where people can freely say what they need to say and, and not have any repercussions. So that way you now have, you, you've heard the saying two heads are better than one. Well, I think 10 heads are better than two. You know, so if you've got a lot of people giving feedback, you just never know what you might find out from that frontline employee that comes in with such a different perspective, but something that might be really relevant for your business today that you never thought of before. Give them that opportunity. Well, Roger, thank you so much for being on the show today. From a networking standpoint, if people would like to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Well, my, uh, my cell phone is always on me. So you can call me at 509-366-2953, or you can uh, 
reach me on my email by absconsulting58 at gmail.com. And we'll have all that awesome. for you guys as well. Well, again, Roger, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been great to have the conversation. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.